3: championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
4: to a special 4th of July weekend version of the John Whitmer Show. Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Little Whitney Houston from the Super Bowl from the 90s. We had to mix it up a little bit tonight for our 4th of July special. We're happy to have you with us this evening on a, uh, a special edition. Still sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Here at your local Liberal Resistance Headquarters where we proudly champion the conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. Thrilled to have you with us this evening. We're going to take calls as well. Dave and I are here. Studio lines are open, 316-869-1330. You can email me at john at com on Facebook and True Social at The John Whitmer Show, and on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. We have a uh, a fantastic Show planned for you tonight. Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, will be with us to kick off the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to discuss the Mueller investigation, Russia collusion, the January 6th committee hearing. And and if you want to know whether Donald Trump is going to run for president again in 2024, I'll ask Paul Manafort. We'll see what he says. That's going to kick off our 8 o'clock hour. Mandy Gunasekara is a senior policy analyst at the Independent Women's Forum. She's going to tell us whether Joe Biden's plan for a three-month pause in the gas tax will provide any meaningful relief, not likely. With the 2022 primary elections less than a month away now, we'll get a campaign update from State Senator Karen Tyson, who is running for state treasurer And we'll review the Supreme Court's final rulings determining the EPA's regulatory authority and the state of the Remain in Mexico policy with Bill Pasco from Tea Party Patriots. So, got a loaded lineup for you. And, of course, we'll be taking your calls on the 45s at 869-1330. Obviously, this is the 4th of July weekend. It's uh, it's our, our nation's birthday. It's a celebration of of our independence, it's actually the 246th anniversary of our, of our nation's independence, of American independence. And, you know, this day does not only represent the creation of a new nation, but the creation of a new civilization, one founded on the principles of, of freedom, self-government, and equality. And over that time, our nation has been blessed with some great leaders and some, some not-so-great leaders like, like our current one. Um, but but some of those great leaders have uh, espoused ideas on the 4th, and they've taken the opportunity to give a 4th of July speech and they've, to, to recognize what a unique country the founders had created. In 1775, for example, at the Virginia Convention, Patrick Henry... Spoke of the coming war for independence. He said, quote, Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? As he spoke, Henry held his wrists together as though they were manacled and raised them toward the heavens. Forbid it, Almighty God, I know not what course this may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Famous speech from Patrick Henry famous because he recognized what America could become. He saw that America could become that glorious, shining beacon on a hill. And yet, today, are we that? Or are we a nation divided? The Cowley County GOP office in Winfield was vandalized last week by an irate leftist who broke windows and burned value-them-both campaign materials outside the office all because he was upset over the Roe decision. You have leftists who are, you know, still pushing for nights of rage because they didn't like a Supreme Court decision. Now to bring you some historical context: In a speech about our nation's Fourth of July celebration in 1858, Abraham Lincoln said, "We hold this annual celebration to remind ourselves." of all the good done in this process of time, of how it was done and who did it, and how we are historically connected with it. And we go from these meetings in better humor with ourselves. We feel more attached to one another and more firmly bound to the country we inhabit. Yet tomorrow, Arizona activists are damning Independence Day itself planning a F the 4th rally in the wake of the Roe v. Wade overturn. F the 4th. They're literally planning a celebration to F the 4th of July. F the country. Because they disagree with a decision. They, they, They lost, and they don't like it. This is a far cry from July 4th, 1965, when Martin Luther King Jr. said, quote, All men are created equal there's a new Supreme Court justice who couldn't define what a woman is. And Martin Luther King said all men are created equal. The first saying we notice in his great American dream is an amazing universalism. It doesn't say some men, it says all men. And we all know he doesn't mean just men. Meanwhile, liberal Laura Kelly sent out a fundraising letter just last week begging donors to, quote, Rush a donation to help me defend the reproductive rights of Kansans and pregnant people everywhere. Laura Kelly is asking for donations to help raise money for pregnant people. I mean, at least Martin Luther King knew that men couldn't get pregnant. King went on to explain to the congregation... What separates the United States from other nations around the world is that the great dream goes on to say another thing that ultimately distinguishes our nation and our form of government from any totalitarian system in the world. It says that each of us has certain basic rights that are neither derived from them or from government or conferred by the state, they're derived from God. And Laura Kelly is fundraising off of abortion rights for men. This is the state of some on the left in America today. Ronald Reagan addressed the nation on Independence Day in 1986. He said 56 men came forward to sign the parchment. It was noted at the time that they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honors. And that was more than rhetoric. Rhetoric. Each of those men knew the penalty for high treason to the crown. My fellow Americans, it falls on us to keep faith with them and all the great Americans of our past. That was Reagan back then. What would Reagan say about a divided America today? Folks, these are the things that unite us. America's past, of which we're so proud, our hopes and our aspirations for the future of the world And this much-loved country, these things, far outweigh what divides us, or at least it should. So tomorrow, as we celebrate our independence, let's try to remember our country and what unites us. And let's try and put aside what divides us. (laughs) We'll be taking your calls at seven forty-five. In the meantime, coming up after the break, we'll review the Supreme Court's rulings. Himself. That defined the EPA's regulatory authority and the fate of the Remain in Mexico policy with Bill Pasco from Tea Party Patriots. You're listening to the John Whitmer Show on 987 and 1330 KNSS.
0: Legal group, we know that car wrecks
3: don't keep regular business hours, and neither do we. If you've been hurting a wreck after 5 p.m., don't wait until tomorrow to get the help you need right now. Our team is standing by, ready to take your call, ready to give you free advice, and ready to help you get the medical attention you need. You don't have to wait until tomorrow morning to call an attorney. In a wreck, need a check? Call the Patterson Legal Group. We're the 24 7 injury attorneys. We're available to get you the help you need right now. Patterson Legal is the way to go. Call 0 0000
0: i'm listening reminds you that talk saves lives and 988 makes it even easier to reach out and talk 988 is just like 911 for emergency services 988 connects you with trained counselors in over 200 crisis centers nationwide find out more at imlistening.org
3: glenn back hello america isn't taking politics personally and neither should you
1: well i'm not stupid you're not stupid most of america is not stupid and america's not angry we're tired of the politics. We're tired of both sides. Tired of it. Sick and tired of politics. Don't want it anymore. Don't want to hear about it anymore. But we're not stupid. And we're not angry. We're going to vote. And then we'll let the chips fall where they may.
2: Because
3: I have a feeling I know where the chips are going to fall. Glenn back. Mornings from 9 until 11 on ninety-eight seven and 1330 KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
4: Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find a link to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and Truth Social. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed and all the latest show updates. I fought the law and the law won. Well, did it? That's what we're about to find out. The Supreme Court delivered the final rulings on two of its biggest cases on Thursday, determining the EPA's regulatory authority and the fate of the Trump-era Remain-in-Mexico policy. Joining us now to tell us about the decisions and how they may impact you is Bill Pasco. He is the spokesman for the Tea Party Patriots Action Group. Bill, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you on the show, my friend. It's it's my pleasure, John. Happy to be here with you. Let's start, Bill, with the first case, West Virginia v. Environmental Protection Agency. The court found that Congress did not grant the EPA unlimited authority to regulate emissions, big shock, uh, from power plants. It's a major blow to the Biden administration's Green New Deal climate agenda, isn't it?
5: Well, it is. Uh, but more importantly, it goes beyond this, uh, because this gets into a question of what we've referred to in in Supreme Court jurisprudence for almost 40 years now. There's been a doctrine called Chevron deference. And what it really means is uh, that that's a fancy legal term. And by the way, all your listeners should know I am not an attorney. But I have spent a night at a Holiday Inn Express,
4: <laughs> That's and, say, but I play one on TV.
5: <laughs> and and far and far more important, I can read the English language, and it's amazing when you actually take the time to read a Supreme Court decision. If you follow along, even though there's there's all kinds of legal mumbo jumbo in here and, and references to cases past that, if I were a lawyer, I would understand the reference immediately. But I'm I'm not a lawyer, so so I have to struggle sometimes, but. Nevertheless, you can understand it if you and you can go to just go to the SupremeCourt.gov, and you can look at all of the cases. You can it, you can read all the rulings that they issue, uh, and, and so when you read this, you you understand. There's been a there's been a doctrine in Supreme Court jurisprudence for uh, for close to forty years now, going back to the first Reagan administration. It's called Chevron deference, and what it means is that uh, the courts. Uh, recognize a wide latitude for agency action. Now, what we're talking about there is the EPA is an example of an agency, the Environmental Protection Agency. It's an executive branch agency, uh, and the president uh, holds it accountable. The president gets to nominate the administrator of the EPA, and then the Senate confirms the administrator. But once that's done, that's basically – uh, that's as political as it gets, and that's an independent agency that then goes about taking care of the environment on behalf of the President and the Senate that has confirmed him. Uh, or you have the Occupational Safety and Hazard Administration, OSHA, uh, or you, you know, you, the point is you've got all these different federal agencies and Uh, what's happened here is that Congress has the lawmaking authority under the Constitution. Congress has the power to write the laws, and the president has the power to either sign or veto the laws. So you have to have agreement from, from both ends of Pennsylvania Avenue before something can go into effect. That was what the framers came up with. They never envisioned something called the Environmental Protection Agency. For them, it was a big deal to have something called the Department of the Treasury Right. Right. Uh, but but over the years, we've created this multiplicity of federal agencies. Nobody can keep track of the ball. It's an alphabet soup. And what's happened is they take more and more what you and I would think of as lawmaking authority. And they take it from the Congress and from the president and nobody's paying attention. And they issue rules and regulations that have the force of law that weren't decided upon by any member of Congress or the president. And the crazy part is that for going on 40 years, the courts have tended to say, well, uh, nobody in Congress raised a ruckus about this. Congress has kind of ceded its authority in this particular area of expertise, the environment. Because obviously the people who run the Environmental Protection Agency are far more expert on the environment than is a congressman from Kansas. So we're we're gonna give deference to the agency. And here, for the first time, and that's why this is such a big, big deal, the Supreme Court, just like a couple of days ago, the Supreme Court issued its ruling in Roe v. Wade that says, we don't care what the ruling has been for 49 years. We don't care that it's been there for 49 years. It's a bad ruling. Right. The legal reasoning in Roe v. Wade was bad. It was flawed. And therefore. Uh, you know we, we're sorry it's been there for forty nine years. We're sorry that America's been living under bad law for forty nine years, but we're going to fix it well, that's what's happened here. It's not forty nine years old, but it's almost forty years old, and they've basically said on major questions, uh, agencies don't get to decide major questions that's that's taking too much power away from the legislative branch. The framers put look, the the power to make a law to decide what should and shouldn't be what is legal and what is not legal that is a very dangerous power that is a you have because you have the authority when you're a lawmaker uh, and you've been a lawmaker John you know yep. this you have the power to put somebody in prison if they violate the law you have the power to deprive somebody of their liberty or their property you can fine them if they violate the law that's a very dangerous power for a government to have and so and the, but you have to have it obviously you have to have rules you have to have laws so the framers deliberately first thing they did was they said we're going to separate powers we're going to have a legislative branch and we're going to have an executive branch and both sides have to agree before something can go into effect that has the ability to strip somebody of their liberty or their property or in some cases even their life right both sides have to agree and they're both going to be accountable to the voters by being required to stand for election at regular intervals that's how we're going to we're going to make sure that that power doesn't get abused, uh, and then they had the judicial branch. The, judici- the judicial branch Madison said the judicial branch was the weakest of the three branches, and he's right. You, you stop and think about it for a second. Uh, you know, there's uh, there, there's no there's no police force. Uh, you don't have when the chief justice issues a Supreme Court opinion. How does he enforce it he He doesn't have a He doesn't have a Supreme Court police force that can make people do what he says, right, or what yeah. the court says. Uh, he's, he's relying on people to do it voluntarily because they recognize the authority of the court. Um, they, the Supreme Court, is deliberately insulated from political accountability. They don't, they don't have to stand for election because in the framers' scheme, they didn't want the members of the Supreme Court or the entire federal judiciary to take political considerations into account when deciding What's good law and what's bad law? they wanted them to actually work based on the rule
4: of law. it just seemed to me like this decision took climate out of it it didn't have anything to do with climate it didn't have anything to do with them saying the EPA's rulings were right or wrong it was just a matter of trying to put some controls on an out of control bureaucracy or am I wrong that's, that's exactly no, no no that's
5: exactly what it did and that's why this goes beyond the EPA this will this will affect um, agency rulings from now on in, across all the agencies. The OSHA will now have to pay attention to make sure that it's not getting into things. It's not taking unto itself authority that it shouldn't have.
4: Good. You like uh, mask and mandates and vaccine mandates and things like that. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
5: Exactly. Yeah. That, is, that is exactly right. So this is just like the just like legal reasoning uh, in the Dobbs case and the abortion ruling from uh, from last week. What they've done here is they're all focused on process. They're not worried about the policy outcome. You're exactly right. This has nothing to do with climate and whether or not the policy is a good policy. It's a question of how do we achieve that policy? How do we make that policy? And what they're saying, what the Supreme Court is saying is, hey, when it comes to a major question like this, this is why we created the Congress. Congress, which is held accountable to the people, because guess what? You bureaucrats at the EPA? You are not accountable to the people. Exactly. So uh, you guys are there for life. It's impossible to fire you. Have you ever tried to fire a federal <laughs> bureaucrat? Good luck. Yeah. So <laughs> there's no accountability there, and that's why that's why the Supreme Court is issuing this ruling. It's a major slap on the wrist, um, and and hopefully uh, this leads to significantly different governance in washington in years and decades to come
4: we're talking with bill Pasco from uh, tea party patriots bill let me pivot then to the other case which is uh, regarding president biden and his attempts to end the remain in mexico policy Uh, obviously the left is they're they're ecstatic they seem to think that this decision is a reversal that this greenlights Biden's plan to end remaining Mexico, but it doesn't necessarily do that, right? It, it it just kicks the decision back down to the 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 district court level, right? That, that's that's
5: exactly right. Now here's here's the thing. Uh, you know the way this works is there's a there's a great demand to be first with the news when when the Supreme Court issues a ruling and they they do this at ten o'clock in the morning, by ten o three the AP The Associated Press wants to have its first story out on the wire. And we know how they do it. They write the story ahead of time. They write the story the night before that says, okay, the Supreme Court ruled this way. Right. They have one story for if they rule A, and they have another story written for in case they rule B.
4: Dewey defeats Truman. (laughs)
5: Exactly. Exactly. Okay, here's the problem. In order for for the editors of the Associated Press to decide which one are we going to send, which story are we going to send? Because we've pre-written it either way. All we've got to do is figure out what's the ruling, and then we'll know. Are we sending story A or are we sending story B? The problem is somebody at the Associated Press has to actually read the opinion and figure out, are we sending story A or story B? And, they want to, and they're want under time pressure. They've got to get it out as fast as they can, because that's, what, that, that's why newspaper editors around the country pay for the Associated Press wire. So the problem is that you got to get thirty pages into a fifty-eight page decision, and you could have just gone three pages. If you go three pages into the decision, wow, this looks like a win for Biden, because all all over the first three pages, you you read the majority ruling. And here's the, here's the other thing. Actually, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let your your listeners in on a secret. Uh, when newspaper reporters who cover the Supreme Court. Um, are trying to figure out how did the ruling go they don't even actually need to read the ruling all they need to see is who's in the majority and in this case the majority was the three liberals and chief justice roberts and brett kavanaugh and in the minority were the four known conservatives alito johnson uh, uh, alito thomas uh, gorsuch and barrett so when you when you see that you say the three liberals got justice roberts chief justice roberts and justice kavanaugh well that's a win for Biden, by definition. Now let's go read the, let's go read the opinion and we'll, we'll prove that it's, it's correct. And in the first three pages, all you read is the Court of Appeals erred when it said this, and the court erred when it said that. And so you think, oh, well, okay, this is a majority opinion that is reversing the Court of Appeals. The Court of Appeals said Biden didn't have the power to overturn the Remain in Mexico policy, and the Supreme Court is saying the Court of Appeals erred therefore obviously this is a win for biden and if that's all you do you're right it's a win for biden here's what it says 30 pages in quote we therefore reverse the judgment of the court of appeals that's right and remand the case for further proceedings consistent with opinion with this opinion on remand the district court so wait a second we're remanding it to the district court well what does that mean? That means we're sending, this, we're sending this case back to the original court of jurisdiction, the, jur- the, the district court, which in this case was the district court of northern Texas. The judge is a guy by the name of Matthew Kasmerick. Matthew Kasmerick was appointed by, guess who, Donald Trump. <laughs> before, he was, before he was a federal district judge, he worked for our friend Kelly Shackelford as the deputy general counsel of the First Liberty Institute, which is a conservative legal outfit that files cases on religious liberty all over the country. Uh, he's a member of the Federalist Society. This case now comes back to Judge um, I would, Let me put it this way. If I were the Biden administration judges or, or lawyers right now, I'd be happy. I'd go have a, a good stiff drink tonight in celebration. And then I'd, I'd go to work on Tuesday, on the 5th of July, trying to figure out what is Judge Kasmerick? What kind of hoops is he going to make us go through this time? as he reconsiders the case because they they didn't get the win. Right. All they got to do is start all over again in the district court. Right. This is not a win for Biden. This is not a win for Biden.
4: Well, it's you know, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to watch that case play out in particular and of course come, you know, November he's going to have a very different Congress, hopefully a different Senate as well and that may be a very interesting ramifications to any policy decisions they want to make as well so uh bill I, I i appreciate you joining us this evening if folks are interested if they if they want to follow you guys it's teapartypatriots.org and you're on twitter at w pasco on twitter correct that's
5: correct teapartypatriots.org and w pasco
4: i appreciate you brother carry on a fight my friend you too be well We'll be taking your calls at 745, but coming up after the break, with the 2022 primary elections less than a month away, we'll get a campaign update from State Senator Karen Tyson, who's running for state treasurer. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this, right after Neil Diamond. Not without a star.
1: Want to work in radio? Well, now's your chance. Odyssey Wichita is looking for a part-time promotions assistant. If you're an organized professional and or social media wizard that can multitask, pay close
4: attention to detail, and meet tight deadlines, we want to talk to you. Attend radio-sponsored events, schedule giveaways for tickets and other prizes, and get behind the wheel of a station vehicle if you have a valid driver's license. And, of course, prior experience is a plus. Interested? Submit your resume now at odysseyinc.com forward slash careers. We are an equal opportunity and affirmative action.
6: At Hutton, we don't just design, build, and provide facility services for commercial and industrial construction projects. We build life into our team members' dreams, our clients' visions, and your community's future. Together, we innovate to overcome the challenges of the day. Together, we build a brighter future than the past we left behind. Together, we build. Find out more about our commitment to clients and communities at TogetherWeBuild.com. A warm evening ahead as we'll slowly cool back into
5: the 80s. The rest of the night mostly clear. 76 by sunrise with the southeast, the south wind. It'll be on the breezy side. For Independence Day, plenty of heat, humidity, and sunshine. 97, the heat index up around 105. I'm KNSS meteorologist Rodney Price.
0: Call from mom. Answer it.
2: Fox News. I'm Kathleen Maloney. Three people are dead. Three are in critical condition after a shooting at the busy Fields shopping mall in Denmark's capital. Copenhagen police say they have a 22-year-old Danish man in custody. In a tweet, Secretary of State Antony Blinken calls the shooting a cowardly act. Americans have mixed feelings about their country this July 4th weekend. A new Gallup poll asks, how proud
5: are you to be an American? Would you believe only 38% of U.S. adults who responded said extremely proud? That's the lowest it's ever been according to this Gallup trend which began in 2001. But take heart, 27% said they're very proud to be a Yankee Doodle Dandy. In fact, 65% of respondents overall expressed pride in the nation. Fox's Karen McHugh. America is listening to
7: Fox News.
3: Live Sunday nights, this is the John Whitmer Show on 98 7 and 1330 KNSS.
4: living in America. This is a good one, Dave. <laughs> Welcome back to a special 4th of July weekend edition of the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. <laughs> I can just see Apollo Creed dancing across the mat right now.
7: You <laughs>
3: I
4: want to remind you you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KMSS radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there, and make sure you like and follow. The John Whitmer Show Facebook and social media pages. Poor Karen's just sitting there listening to this. (laughs) Joining us now is State Senator Karen Tyson, who's running for state treasurer. We've got, what, less than uh, 30 days till the primary. Hopefully she can give us a, a bit of an update. Karen, thank you for joining us this evening. I hope you're having a happy and safe Fourth of July weekend.
2: Well, thank you, John. And we are having a wonderful Fourth of July. I hope everyone else is, too. Um, let me, let me, I, I, do, I do want to
4: start, and I know I want to talk about a campaign, I want to talk how things are going, but I did want to ask you a little bit about, I should clear up something for the record. Um, Governor Kelly, I don't know if you've seen, she's got a new ad out touting her quote unquote accomplishments, which is, you know, dubious at best. But one of the things that she's claiming is that she's taking credit for passing property tax transparency. I remember we had you on the show maybe, I don't know, six months ago or something like that. And we talked about this bill when it was still working its way through the Senate. But this was a bill that you were pushing I don't recall Laura Kelly ever getting behind this until she actually signed it. Is that or tell me if I'm wrong.
2: Actually, more, she vetoed it in 2021. That's what I thought. Yes, she vetoed property tax transparency and she saw that it was coming back and so she decided to get on board, but she never never spoke in favor of that legislation
4: so this was a bill that you were pushing and then now that it's an election year she decided okay i'll sign it and take credit for it basically
2: well she would have had a veto override in 2020 she vetoed it in 2020 i'm sorry it was during covid when we shut down right we ran out of time we didn't have time for a veto override so we came back in 2021 and Passed it, and she knew that we would have overrode her because it passed with supermajority. Almost every legislator voted for that legis- that that bill. That's
4: just laughable. I, mean, I, just, I, when I saw the ad, I had I thought of you because I knew it was a bill that you had been working on, and I just had to kind of laugh at it.
2: Um, yeah, I was actually recognized National Legislator of the Year for that work. That's what and I thought. Yeah, it was a, it was a very humbling honor, but it was a team effort. But I guarantee you, Lori Kelly wasn't a part of that team.
4: So tell me a little bit about the campaign. I've started uh, to see mailers and you know social media posts attacking your your primary opponent, Stephen Johnson. Uh, I, mean, they, they, I mean, you guys are starting to get you know, it's all fair in love and politics, um, but I'm I'm starting to see they're starting to get a little aggressive. I mean, I know you claim he's. He voted against religious freedom. You claim he voted against the Second Amendment. Can you kind of explain what's what's behind that, those mailers or the, the attack posts on the social media that I've seen?
2: Well, they're not attack posts. Um, what happened was his campaign manager was lying about my voting record. He was using he was actually using video from a campaign four years ago that absolutely lied and said that I voted for the largest tax increase ever. And I thought, well, if you're going to do that, we're going to put your voting record out there. It's not an attack. It's accurate. It's factual. It's not a negative campaign. It's just I have a record I'm running on. He has a record he's running from.
4: Well, you mentioned taxes. That is one that, because I've had people ask me, because they know that I know both of you. I served with Stephen. You and I didn't serve together, because you were across the hall. but We worked together, though. We did, yes, because when things would come across, you know, we conference committees and whatnot. But I worked with Stephen, so I was there, you know, for Medicaid expansion, and (laughs) he and I did not vote alike on that one. And we voted differently on taxes that you two have a different record on taxes in particular, don't you?
2: Extremely different. I And this is a fiscal position that we're running for. This is about finances. And I want smaller government, more efficient government, and I have voted against tax increases fought for tax cuts, while my opponent has done the opposite. And these out-of-control spending bills, I haven't supported those either. I mean, who do you want managing your money, somebody that's going to be fiscally responsible or somebody that's big government, tax and spend?
4: Now, the one thing that, and I've talked to folks on, who support you, I've talked to folks who lean towards Steve, and, and you know, one of the things that they say is, is, who's more qualified? What would you say if somebody is asking, you know, are you qualified, are you looking at resumes, and they say, Karen, what are your job qualifications to do the job?
2: I would say they're not looking at my resume when they make that comment. I've been in um, IT technology for over 30 years. Right now we know that's where we find most of our solutions. I've been a manager. I'm project management certified by the state of Kansas by PMI. I have a master's in engineering management. I have a bachelor's degree in mathematics and computer science. These you don't get lightly. I mean, you have to have some knowledge behind them. I was recognized by NASA for my work on budgets and teamwork. In fact, Steve Howley, one of our astronauts from Kansas, it was funny when I was doing a little bit of research, he got one of the same awards that I did on one of the space shuttle supports. So I, I, can, I have the resume to back it up and I have the voting record as a legislator. Out of all the legislators in the nation to be selected national legislator for my work on transparency with property tax, that's exactly what I want to do with the state's budget. I want to put the expenditures and where we invest the money online so people can see it easily, especially legislators. They don't even get that information. They need to know where the money's going.
4: We're talking with uh, Senator Karen Tyson, who's running for state treasurer. Let's talk a little bit about that, about what... What would you because it's probably hard to get people interested in a state treasurer race. They probably look at that and say, I, you know, I don't care. I mean, they, it's down a ballot and we do see some drop off people down ballot who just don't bother to take the time. What do you what do you want to do with the treasurer's office? How do you want to inspire people to, to vote for you to what you want to do with the office?
2: Well, it's about your money, and money is more important than ever right now, especially keeping it in your pocket and not giving it to the governor government. What I want to do is a transparency. I want to put transactions and investments online so people can see where the money's going being spent also accountability we have we used to have an auditor in the state of Kansas, and we got rid of that position. The functionality under the governor's office most of it now. We need to move that out to an independent so that they're truly looking at it and making sure that we're compliant with how the money's being spent and that it is getting where legislators intended it to. The um, other thing I want to do is Kansas first. We've never had anybody really push for Kansas programs and tell Kansans how they can utilize those programs to help them better manage their own finances. Since I announced for office, I've been campaigning and telling people about the ABLE Act and the 529 Savings Learning Quest. And my parents just told me that they saw an ad from our Wichita current, uh, uh, yeah, treasurer. And I thought that's kind of funny because he's had three years to talk about those programs, and he's not talking about them until now, until I'm talking them up on the campaign oh, of course i but you know
4: it's, it's now now they're all up for re-election so
2: yeah but you know what i i'm not running for this i mean i don't need a job i've got plenty of jobs i'm a software engineer like i said we run and operate a ranch but what i'm running for is to make a change in kansas um you've heard the ronald reagan quote the shining city in the Right. Well, we can be the shining state in the nation. We can lead by example and um, definitely get our finances in order. Well, I'm starting to see the signs,
4: and I know I've I've seen your your social media stuff. Uh, You've been out doing parades, and I'm sure you've been door knocking. How's the campaign going?
2: It's going really well. In fact, it was funny. There's a gentleman that lives in Lawrence, and he was driving by um, and sent me a text of Bale's Somebody put together artwork that says Vote Tyson <laughs> in north central Kansas. So it's it's going extremely well. well we've, we've got the momentum. We're working hard. We're not trying to buy this election. We are trying to um, educate voters and let them know who we are.
4: Well, Karen, we wish you all the best. Uh, you know, you've got your getting towards the, the final legs of the primary at this point. Um, hopefully, we'll you know, have you on. If you're the, in the general, we'll have you on for sure. And Either way, keep up the good work. We, we appreciate everything you've done. If folks are interested, if they want to donate, if they want a yard sign or want more information, they can go to teamtyson.org, correct? Yes, absolutely. Karen, appreciate you. Carry on the fight. Keep up the good work. Thank you, John. You too. Thank you uh, again, Karen. Appreciate you. We'll take a quick break, and then I want to hear from you. Our phone lines are open, 316-869-1330. Give us a call. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. We'll be back right after this.
6: An evening with James Taylor at Intrust Bank Arena. This is Stephen Ted from KNSS inviting you to listen morning for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see James Taylor in concert at Intrust Bank Arena on Saturday, July 16th. Just listen each day for us to play a James Taylor song during the morning show. Be the first to call in at 869 1330 to win. It's that simple. Listen mornings to KNSS from 6 until 9 for your chance to win a pair of James Taylor tickets. From Stephen Ted on 987 and 1330 K. N.S.S. My
8: favorite thing about Fourth of July are the fireworks.
7: My favorite fireworks are loud and colorful. Poppin' fireworks.
4: There seems to be a theme here. Some
7: good food, some good drinks, and fireworks.
4: What else? Out in the back barbecuing. Well, we're going to barbecue.
3: Family, food, friends, and fun. Have a blast. Me. Be- yeah. Uh, Pun intended. I mean, it's a celebration of Independence Day.
0: And a day off.
2: Yay! Happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July.
3: From 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Working Americans have to shell out hundreds of extra dollars every month just to remain standing still.
2: Oil companies need to step up, too. It costs so much to go anywhere now.
3: Gun violence here, that is through the roof. The stories that hit home. What do you think is going to happen when the inflation really sets in? But I would love to know what the hell's going on in our country. People do crazy stuff in desperate times, you know? And context to bridge chaos and meaning. One of the factors affecting prices is this. 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. I don't know if you've ever heard of black-eyed kids. Oh yeah, we've had shows on that. Coast to coast AM.
5: His eyes, his
2: eyes were slit, turned jet black.
5: I've never seen glowing eyes like that. Sometimes I wonder if it, you know, like if, it, if it's a demon. A lot
6: of people think they're demons.
2: I'm saying that's not a fact. It's so a, it's an opinion.
5: Was he a demon?
2: I think we're demons. I thought he was a demon.
4: Don't open.
3: The door. Coast to Coast AM, overnights on 98.7 and 13.30 KNSS. News still happens while you're at work. These activists posted a map with the
0: home addresses of the Supreme Court Justices. This is a dark and disturbing morning for America. Law and forgiveness is regressive. This is a war the Russians
3: started. The Odyssey app. Easy to get my news right on their app. I stream it on the app. At work.
6: I listen all day at work. The app is the easiest way to go for me because it's convenient and always there. 98.7 and
3: 1330. Download the Odyssey app now. K-N-S-S.
2: A A woman's right to choose is on the ballot in November. Inflation, gas prices,
0: these are issues that people are going to vote on. News that happens next. Gas will
3: happen. It's affecting everything. On 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS.
4: Welcome back to a special 4th of July weekend edition of the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Of course, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS radio. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook and true social pages. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. To get all the latest updates on the show. Dave, let me ask you. Oh, by the way, phone lines are open 316 869 1330. I know we had a caller they dropped off, it looks like. So if they call back, call back. We're open. Um, have you got that, uh, the Hartman Truth Minute that he played, that we played at the top of the hour? Yeah, we got it. His most recent one. Right. That was absolutely hilarious. Can you can you play that again? Sure. I sure. want to hear that. I mean, it's not hilarious, it's not meant to be. Yeah. But he is spot on. Play Play that again. <laughs>
6: This is Wink Hartman with another Hartman Truth Minute on KNSS Radio. Well, let's see where we are now. 50% of voters wanted Joe Biden. Well, you 50% are in luck. He is yours.
4: Care what you wish for. So
6: stop crying every time you fill up your car. He canceled the Keystone <laughs> Pipeline for 600,000 barrels of oil a day. No need to throw another temper tantrum at the grocery store's higher prices. (laughs) Biden did it again.
4: He would have been such a great lieutenant governor. Baby
6: formula? Yes, Biden again. Our southern border letting in dozens of known terrorists in the U.S. Drugs killing our youth. Joe Biden again. I will leave you with one thought. Biden's recession, recession, recession. So you 50 percent? Oh, that's right. It includes everybody. Good luck. A recession is here.
4: <laughs> uh, it's a, It should be the the Hartman inconvenient truth moment. Is what it should be. I, it's so true, though. It's so true. I mean, we got okay. So here's. I I had to look this up here. Joe Biden. By the way, I don't know if you've noticed. He's now blaming you know Putin again for everything. I, yeah. I, you know, the KNSS news there. Ted was reading it about. Uh, he's Joe Biden saying until until Ukraine wins, right? <laughs> be prepared to pay high gas prices. Okay, so Fourth of July weekend, everybody, you know, you to grill. What's mm-hmm. common? Hot dogs. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> just to give you perspective, okay. Yeah. In twenty seventeen, so Donald Trump's president, hot dogs are two eighty five. All right. Twenty eighteen, they're two ninety two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Eh, you know, it's a little bit. It's you had inflation, whatnot. You know what? Right. The, you know what? What? Twenty twenty, Joe Biden's president, three dollars and fifty four cents, and today three dollars and eighty one cents. Oh wow! So literally, they've gone up over a dollar for a hot dog. Now he's done it. it it's
8: it, it's you know the gas prices. That's not Putin's oh, yeah. fault. But when it's hot dogs, John, that's personal to I me. Just,
4: when Donald Trump, January twenty first, gas was a dollar seventy one 71. in January twenty first of twenty $1.71. seventy one. Hmm. I, Putin hadn't invaded Ukraine. No, not yet. Right? Not yet. No, not back in twenty twenty. I mean, it's it's just this is, I, I, I mean, Wink's right. Yeah. It's for these are the, the the people who voted for Joe Biden. And this is the reason why Joe Biden's approval ratings are in the low 30s.
8: Yeah, it's not good.
4: Is because, well, that and the fact that I'm not entirely sure he doesn't know if this is the 4th of July weekend or Easter weekend. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's bad.
8: Yeah, it is. And, you know, typically, John, when you have uh, a new president and then you come to the first midterms there, uh, the president always loses seats, right? Typically, yeah. yeah. I think it's going to be a lot worse than that. Uh, this time around, I
4: think it's going to be really
8: bad. Yeah, yeah. Just because of every uh, the inflation, the gas, the war, you know war in Ukraine, all of this stuff. Yeah, the
4: border. Well, and that's. I mean, I, I did appreciate what uh, what he said earlier about the impact of that that court ruling because you know the left is po- portraying that as a victory for the Biden administration, and technically mm-hmm. it could be, but at the same time, if they just allow more influx of illegals at the border. That, and politically, that will not be a win for the administration, because no. it's just more illegals, and you're going into the midterms already. People don't like, they consider the border a problem. Right. So, you know, more illegals. Gee, great. That's <laughs> just yet another failure. <laughs> yeah. But Kamala's fixing it, remember, because that's yeah. she's getting to the, quote, root cause. Well, she went down there, right? Not yet. Well, oh, I think she, she went to Nicaragua. That's right. That's right. But she hasn't actually gone to the border. But she's getting to the root causes. Well, I, yeah, I believe her. She is. And she's uh, one of the, I'm trying to think, she's got a bunch of other new job assignments. Is she, that right? Yeah, I saw recently she was, oh, uh, internet, uh, cyberbullying. Oh, that's right. That's right. I did she's see that. now in charge of cyberbullying. Thank goodness. Yes, I've, I i do not feel cyberbullying. You know, anymore. I, I sleep, I, I slept, sleep better at night now, I, John. Now that I. <laughs> Yeah, you sleep better at night knowing that Kamala Harris Absolutely. is in charge of cyberbullying. She's on it. She is. Yeah, oh, yeah she's on it. All right, <laughs> with that cackle. <laughs> she's. She's. Uh, she's. According. According to what
8: some of her staff say, I think she needs to look in the mirror. You know, you I'm just, think? I'm just thinking. Yeah, there's
4: a, even Simone Biles quit. I mean, that's you know, right. <laughs> Talk about somebody who. Yeah, I mean, okay, I gotta be nice. It's Fourth of July it weekend. Is. We should be nice. That's America. Should, yeah, God, yes, it's Pride Month is over with. So now we yes. can actually have Pride in our country. You know, I can I can put my MAGA hat back on and what? <laughs> what? It was a great month. You June just, was a great Pride Month. It was. You showed a lot of pride. I was, and I'm very proud of what the Supreme Court did. That's yes, a, That that was made a great Pride Month for me. I don't think that's what they were talking about, but that's okay, John. You can be proud. That was a great Pride Month. Yeah. Supreme Court did some great things, made us all <laughs> proud for Pride Month. Right. Isn't that what the Pride Month's all about? I think so. <laughs> as far
8: as you know, it is, John. As
4: far as I know... That's what Pride Month is all about. Supreme Court decisions.
8: I saw uh, somebody say the other day on social media that, uh, former President Trump is having a great second term. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, he really is with all of the Supreme Court decisions and, you know, Biden's little approval ratings. Yeah. Yep. So yeah.
4: I, you know, so all right, let me ask you this. <laughs> right. uh, you got, we got come, by the way, folks, coming up here right after the top of the hour break, we're going to have Paul Manafort be on the show. Uh, I actually got some pushback for having him on the show. Is that I had right? yeah, I had a couple of liberals who reached out were mad. Why are you giving this guy a platform? You know, he's a convicted felon. And of course, my response was, "I'd have Hunter Biden on the show." I mean, I, you know, but no, I told him. I said, "I, I I'll have anybody on the show." Brandon Whipple wants to come on the show. I'll have him on right. the show. He's not. He's afraid to, but I would. Yeah. But um, not that Brandon Whipple's a convicted felon. I, no? You know, he could be. I'm just not. You know, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying he could. You know, he, he's not though. He's not right. But at any rate, so Paul Manafort. Yep. One of the questions we're going to ask Paul is. Whether or not Donald Trump's going to run, I'm oh. curious to see what he's going to say. Yeah. What do you think? You think he'll run? I think you will. I think we'll
0: find out. All right. We'll find out. Stick around. We'll be back right after this. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.